This is Who Wore What When, a podcast where we examine the lives of historical figures and what clothing they wore in the most significant moments of their lives. I'm your host, Maggie Latham, joined again oh. by Bella McAllister. I, so bad. I, should, I shouldn't even announce you anymore. Yeah. Just, just here. Today's topic is lawyer, statesman, philosopher, and the father of the modern scientific method, Sir Francis Bacon. Yes. Yes. All right. So. Not related to Kevin Bacon, as far <laughs> as we know. Or Francis Bacon, the 70s painter. Yes, they're, they're different. Yes, very different. So, Sir Francis Bacon was born January 22nd in 1561 in London. His father was Sir Nicholas Bacon, Lord Keeper of the Seal. What is that? Ar- Ar- yeah. <laughs> the, the whole time I was researching, all That's I kept amazing. picturing was like right, he just he was like just one seal yeah, in the corner, and he, was, and he was like he had a staff, and he was like, "That's who I keep." It's like it's like balancing the beach ball, and so yeah. he's like he's like, "That's my seal." That's my seal. He's like, "That's my seal." He's throwing like you know. Guns you know what? Let me look it up. I want to know what the Lord Keeper of the Seal is. Yeah, Lord Keeper of the Seal. Lord. Keeper. Perhaps he has like you know that people seal put seals on stamps. Maybe he was the wax impressionist thing. Yeah. Maybe he stamped all the queen's mail. That'd be like a very specific. Oh. <laughs> oh, so it was. It was an officer of the English crown charged with the physical custody of the Great Seal of England. R <gasps> R. Oh. Indeed. Wow. So. Oh, it's so it looks like that. Oh. Keeps the seal. Oh, Amazing. that's a purse. Never mind. I'm stupid. Oh, so it keeps the seal. Okay. So we figured out that Lord Keeper of the Seal, basically his job was to just guard the physical seal, like guard the physical seal of England. And that's not the animal. Yeah. Like less the exciting seal. than it sounds. Yeah. Truly. Interesting. So his mother was Lady Anne Cook Bacon, Nicholas's second wife, who was the daughter of Anthony Cook, who was Edward the Sixth Tudor. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Anthony Cook, teaching some people. And Lady Anne Cook being the second wife of Nicholas. <laughs> Yeehaw. Um, and she was also the sister-in-law of Lord Burley. Yeah. Who has a close relationship with. Queen Elizabeth. <gasps> and later, Francis makes his own connections with the Queen. We're going to joke about that later for sure. <laughs> oh, baby. Um, so he began attending Trinity College in Cambridge in April 1573 at the ripe age of 12. At 12, I was sitting in my room listening to <laughs> classical music with the blinds drawn. And yeah, <laughs> I would listen to like, um, like, do you know the song "Tied Together with a Smile" by Taylor Swift? Oh yeah, I would listen to that on repeat and <laughs> sob, <laughs> sob to myself. I'd be like, I am, I am tied together with a smile, <laughs> and I'm coming undone. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, too good. Horrendous. So meanwhile, while we were going through our our phases, he was like, "I'm at Trinity College in Cambridge, yo." At 12. Crazy. So he completed his study in December of 1575. So he was 14, basically. He was like, I'm done now. <laughs> like, ding! Time are done. <laughs> I wish I wish it was that fast. Right. Well, I, I guess, like, they had to be 
super educated by that time because they were like, I don't know how long I'm going to live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, I might die tomorrow. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> dysentery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> Always coming back. Always coming back for more. <laughs> Um, so he, after his studies at Trinity, he enrolled in a law program at the Honorable Society of Gray's Inn. Something, a lavish title for just, like, another school. That's what we've learned today, folks, is that the British just really like to name things way longer than they should be yeah, named. Yeah, way back then. The Honorable Society of Gray's Inn. But, you know what? There, he didn't really like the curriculum because it was stale and old-fashioned. That's, like, him quoting that, which I just think... All right, pop off, fourteen-year-old me, like it was stale and old-fashioned. He doesn't he, even know what old-fashioned is. Right. He's too young. Exactly. He was, and so he, so he called his tutors men of sharp wits, but shut up in their cells. If a few authors, chiefly Aristotle, their dictator. So basically, he was saying they were ruled by Aristotle. Pfft, that's ridiculous. So it's, bas- I don't know. It's like modern-day kids saying, "Oh, you like." trying to think of Francis Bacon (laughs) yeah yeah like what people would compare that to like Aristotle would be like oh you think capitalism is cool it's like colleges colleges when they make you get like the newest edition of a textbook yes and they like won't let you get the old the first edition yeah so that was except in that case the first edition is probably pretty much the same as the like seventh edition but in his case eh, he made some points exactly he wasn't a nice guy, was but good. He, he made some points. That was good. Thanks, you know. Yeah, Thinking but he was just kind of being, like, a big a big shot. He was like, <laughs> my tutor, you know, like, his eloquent way of putting, my tutor's just, you know, He was known for his eloquence. Yeah. <laughs> and Bacon, so Bacon basically preferred more modern Renaissance thinking over traditional Aristotelianism, if I'm saying that correctly, and scholasticism. So, yeah. Aristotle Aristotleness. So after a year at Gray's Inn, he left school to work under Sir Amia Poulet. But also, we were looking up different ways to pronounce his name, and so this is the more American way of saying it, like Sir Amias Paulat. But I prefer the the more British, no, British French French way of saying it, because he was the um, British ambassador to France. So he he was very nice. Um, And so, however, uh, Bacon was forced to abandon prematurely after two and a half years to return to England when his father passed away unexpectedly. Dysentery, question mark? Unclear. (gasps) Unclear. We're going to say dysentery. I don't actually know what he died of. Yeah. Um, But his father passed away, which is not that important to the story. Yeah. So he barely had any inheritance when his father passed. So our boy was broke. Broke. Like, super broke. Like like that show, Two Broke Girls? He was one broke boy. <laughs> he was a single broke boy. <laughs> so he asked his uh, uncle, Lord Burley, for help in getting a good and zesty, <laughs> good and zesty gov job. I hate myself. But his uncle was like, Nah, son. Which is so sad. He was like, yeah, do it yourself. And he was like, okay, right. So he was just a teenager uh, listening to scene music and already scrambling to learn, to earn, uh, to learn. (laughs) Okay. So he was just a teenager, a scene teen, and already scrambling to earn a decent living. Pretty sad. He was, what, like 18 maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Not even a thing. Yeah. 17? He was like, eh. (laughs) 
I got no money and my daddy's day. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sound like that though. He's more like, oh dear, I'm clearly in a pickle. <laughs> Whatever like, shall I do? That's why I like having you on here because we get voices. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> Anywho, so, uh, so before all of this ish went down, we found this lovely picture, or Maggie actually found this lovely picture of Sir Francis Bacon as a mere infant. So it was painted around uh, 1561, 1562 after he had just been born, fresh out of the womb, and uh, we don't know the artist. And the title is Sir Francis Bacon, it's like Francis Bacon, but I like to call it Sir Francis Baby, because he a baby. Um, so the picture has he him, a he a baby. The picture has him clutching an apple in his right hand to symbolize knowledge. Like, you know, the, the quotes or the, the phrases, seeds of knowledge, the fruit of knowledge. So he's clutching that, firmly grasping the apple of knowledge. And he ha- has his left hand on his heart to symbolize charitability and usefulness. So he's like, I have all the knowledge, but also, here's my heart, baby. And <laughs> <laughs> He was a smooth Fran- talker. Yeah, he sure was as a baby. talking baby. Sir Francis, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so his clothing is significant for the time because it depicts him wearing a, a white chemise of cotton, probably, underneath a... Overgown was slashing across the sleeves and chest, which was slashing was typical in really any kind of dress or doublet or overcoat or kind of stuff like that. In hey Bella, what's yeah. slashing? Slashing. Um, so there, it's cuts in the fabric that expose. So it cuts in the overgown that cover the chemise. Uh, so it exposes the chemise, and you can like pull it out a little bit, and it you know it gives this kind of ruffled rustic roughed up look but still elegant it looks like cartoons when like a like a lion like scratches something yes or something like that and Mm -hmm. then like you can they're just all these little holes yeah exactly um, and so you see little pops of of the cotton coming out it's like hey 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 (laughs) well and probably at this time just based off of our our knowledge of you know what people were doing mm-hmm. it was probably fake slashing and puffing because yeah. they were it's probably pretty hard to get that all the way that's through that's true yeah that was something that they liked to do yeah it's, it was a decorative choice it. yeah it fake was it a stick a stick a stick it was, <laughs> it was a stick <laughs> it was an aesthetic choice for sure yeah they're like we like this um and also i'd like to point out in this particular uh portrait of sir francis baby that he had the his body was painted really nicely, but his face looks like a toad. Like, I don't know. The artist was like, I did a really good job with the hands clutching the apple and holding his left hand over his heart. Oh, it's beautiful. But he was like, uh, not enough time. Uh, toad face. <laughs> Maybe he just was a really ugly baby. That's true. That's really true. We don't but, know. Yeah, it, lit- it looks like someone punched him in the face and then it was like, all right, paint him. <laughs> and he had like a little divot. It just, the shadowing is bad. But also... It's a different time, and I should not be so critical. Body of a baby, face of a toad. Yeah. <laughs> I want that. Sir Francis baby. I want that on a shirt. Amazing. Okay, yeah. Let's okay, do it. If, we're, if we make Bumper merch. Bumper stickers, and yes. I love it. I we have to make, make merch. That merch I need would be to, great. I need to talk to Dabney about yeah. that. I think I texted her about that, that once. That would be really I cool. Forgot. I would love that as a like button. We little stickers. Yeah. I would wear buttons all over my backpack. I could get a button maker. Yes. 
1581, he got a job as a member for Cornwall in the House of Commons, um, and he also got to return to Gray's Inn to finish his schooling. Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank goodness. I'm so nervous. Uh, and by 1582, he had already been promoted to outer barrister. Oh! Yeah, you know. There's a lot of dates coming at you. Um, <laughs> Get ready. So you don't have to memorize. There will not be a test. <laughs> Um, in 1584, uh, he composed a letter of advice to Queen Elizabeth, which is a ballsy move, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, that's a whole lot. Oh, gee. Uh, it, it was his first political memorandum, and it did help his political career to take a big leap forward. Um, she didn't listen to it, though. She... She was like, oh, this. She was like, all right, cool. She dipped it in, um, lighter fluid and set it ablaze. Honestly, that's probably what I would have done. Yeah. It's, it's very... I mean, think about it in today's standards. Yeah, that is very such insulting. a mansplainy dick yeah, move. Right, yeah. Like... Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> he just comes in here and he's like, oh, let me just tell you how to run yeah. all of England. <laughs> I'm like a little poor boy. Yeah. I'm just a poor boy. Nobody loves me. <laughs> that song's actually Mama. about Francis Bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Didn't yeah. mean to make it's wild. Yeah. yeah. He's not. He's not I'm my favorite boy, human. Nobody loves me. I just wrote a letter to the Queen of England. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, amazing. I'm yeah. so glad that yeah. we figured that one out. Super mansplaining. Yeah. Yeah. Love him. <laughs> um, so, from 1584 to 1617, he held a place in Parliament. That is four decades for those of you who are counting up at home nice that's a long time that is a long time um, and he was extremely active in politics law and the royal court Ooh. yeah yeah so um while this is going while he's uh in parliament uh he's doing a lot of other things hmm. in 1592 to celebrate the anniversary of queen elizabeth's coronation he wrote a speech in praise of knowledge oh so he didn't give her another letter that, <laughs> yeah. that was like Hey, I'm going to try this again. And she was like, ah. Uh. He was like, I'll just tell everyone. Yeah. Everyone can know about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, in 1597, he had his first publication, which was a collection of essays about politics. Sounds fun. Yeah, I want to read that. That sounds like something I'd like to read on the train to well, work. And guess what? It was later expanded and republished in 1612 and 1625. Woo! Yeah. You just... Nothing like that. Can't get away from that. That sounds uh, really grasping and awe-inspiring to me. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to sit down and read I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to see if they have it at the New York Public Library. <laughs> <laughs> see if I can find that. Do you have anything um, by Sir Francis Bacon? <laughs> They're going to be like, get out. <laughs> well, and then 1603, oh. he was knighted. Upon James the First's ascension to the throne following Elizabeth's death. Amazing. I'm very jealous. I have always wanted to be knighted. Um, I'll knight you. <laughs> here's some problems with that. Okay. Um, you have to be a British citizen, which oh. I am not. Oh. Um, you also can't technically Good. be knighted, like, as a woman. You'd have to be, like, damed. Um, oh, Like, damed right. Judy Dench. Um, Judy Dench. Shout out to my dreams. Um, <laughs> so, like... That's another issue. And the third issue is that you have to be Christian, um, which I'm oh. not. So oh. I can never be knighted. 
you could be knitted in your own special way though you could create a new phase of knitting that doesn't have those stupid restrictions yeah. oh that was i think that was me clanging that <gasps> that was you he's my battle oh it's because i it's this oh, year so yeah. it sounds like it's from over there. oh it was yeah. spooky um but yeah i want to be knighted Mm-hmm. That's um, my that's my tale. Amazing. I'll, I'll write a letter of advice <laughs> to Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth II. Hey, yeah. Hey, it's me. This is me typing on the keyboard. Hey. My name is Maggie. <laughs> I want to be a knight. <laughs> Please let me. She's like, you're a woman and you're not Christian. And you're no. not even British. <laughs> I don't want even British. Who do you think you are? <sighs> I think I'm fun. <laughs> I think I'm bold. All right. I agree. I am bold. In 1605, he published The Advancement of Learning to try and rally support for the sciences. And yes, it was unsuccessful. (laughs) Um, He didn't do a good job. Uh, It's not funny. But in... It's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. But in 1606, um, our baller boy marries heiress Alice Barnum. All right. All right. Barnham, not Barnham. Barnum, as in Barnum and Bailey. It's a yeah. different barn. Barnham. Um, it's also barn way before pig. Barnum and Daly. Yeah. Um, uh, in 1609, he published an analysis of ancient mythology called On the Wisdom of the Ancients. Great. Yep. He kept working his way up legal and political ranks. So in 1607, he became the Solicitor General. In 1613, he became the Attorney General, and his peak of his career was when he was invited to join the Privy Council oh. in 1616. Oh, how lovely. Privy Council. And one year after that, he was promoted to the same position as his father, Lord Keeper of the Great Seal. Full circle. Full Just circle. like this podcast. Yeah. Full, Full circle. circle. R.R. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, and then in 1618, he surpassed his father <gasps> when oh. he achieved the highest political office in England, Lord Chancellor. Lord Chancellor Francis Bacon. Bakey boy. Bringing home the bacon. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's he enjoyed beautiful. bacon. Unsurprisingly. He liked eating himself. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Anyone that signs of the lambs. Oh my goodness. I haven't seen silence. It's scary. It's good. In 1621, he became the Viscount at St. Albans. Um, And that same year, he was accused of accepting bribes and was impeached by Parliament on counts of corruption. Big sad. Yeah, not Oops. not the best end for him. Mm-hmm. And some do claim that he was set up by his enemies in Parliament, mm. or was used as a scapegoat to prevent the Duke of Buckingham from the hostility of the public. Ooh, so it's a mystery though. Yeah. We don't know for sure. Mm, up in the air. But that's some that's some people's some claim. sleuthing to be done. <laughs> well, and the weird part is is that he did confess. Um, and he was found guilty. Oh. Um, he was like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> so he could have still been a scapegoat yeah. and he could have been lying, but, right. you know. They probably, like, He did say it. he did it. Say um, you're guilty or we'll kill you and your family. And he was like, oh my shit. <laughs> and well, and then he was fined 40,000 pounds uh, and sent to the Tower of London. <laughs> but the sentence was eventually reduced and his fine was lifted and he was actually released after only four days. Yeah. So... Wow, so really, he... Really hard really l- time. Yeah, just 
Yeah. Terrible. And we love the prison system. This yeah. is England's pr- prison yeah. system, though, so it's different. You're on the Tower of London, and they were like, but would you like some tea? <laughs> would you like some tea? Tea. Puppets. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, unfortunately, uh, this short but significant stint in the Tower of London did cost him his reputation, his place in Parliament, and his health. Um, he's 60 at this time, and he only lived to be 65. Oh, jeez. So five years of just being like, oh, my life. <laughs> what have I Dang done? Dang, it. Sweet Jesus, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> so now let's talk about the clothes. Yes. The important part. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all portraits of him show him in very dark colors, mm-hmm. which would have been a way for him to show off that he had a lot of money because black clothing was very stylish and expensive at the time. Ooh. Yeah. Um... A good example of the clothing that he would have worn uh, in a good portrait is uh, seen in his sixteen seventeen portrait by Porbus the Younger. Porbus! And yes, I did <laughs> mention this one because I wanted to talk about Porbus the Younger. Um, because, whoa. <laughs> what a special name that I'm is. I'm naming all my kids Porbus. <laughs> there will be Porbus the Elder, Porbus the Middle, and Porbus the Younger. So if you want to marry me, that's the reason right there. A bunch Imagine. of porbuses. Yeah, his, <laughs> a bunch of porbus, but also like, like his mother and father were sitting around. They're like, hmm, a beautiful baby boy. What should we name him? Porbus. <laughs> <laughs> like Jim. Eh. Let's see, Philip. Like, nah. Henry, Henry, no way. That has been used way too many times. Louis, heck nah. They're like, oh, perhaps, ah, uh, I think <laughs> I've, I've just hit on it. A poor person. <laughs> <laughs> alright, oh, alright, no. now that we're done making yeah. fun of poor people younger. <laughs> He's like, please, my entire <laughs> life is rolling miserable. Oh, could you say something? Just All my porbuses are going to be so bullied. Yeah. Uh, my little baby porbuses. Um, Porby boy. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Poor porbus. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bacon in all of his portraits, not just the ones done by porbus, um, <laughs> he's wearing sort of the same thing, pretty much, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, like paparazzi, like a bunch of different camera angles, but it's yes. just like a bunch of guys doing his portrait from <laughs> different angles. Exactly. Um, that's how yeah. I like to picture it mm-hmm. anyway. I feel like he was just, he would, he'd do that thing where he would wear one piece of clothing until it was completely worn out and then go into the next one. That's what my dad does. Shout out to Duncan McAllister. He'll buy things Duke in and advance McElider. and like, yeah, and he'll keep them in boxes like shoes and stuff and then won't open them. Like he's like, yeah, I've had these shoes in this box for 15 years and now I'm finally wearing them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Incredible. So that was Sir Francis Bacon. So basically I'm related to Sir Francis Bacon. <laughs> Not she really. She is Sir Francis Bacon. Yeah, I am. How'd you get knighted? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was a, knighted. I'm actually a British citizen. I've been posing as oh Isabella McAllister. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. break everything. Yeah. Um, happy day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, let's talk about what he's wearing. So, he wore a black steeple hat in every picture that you see of him. Um, it's think of it as a typical pilgrim hat with a brim uh and it's wider at the end and has sort of a like a chopped off cone shape Mm -hmm. um there's a name for that truncated truncated a truncated cone um so yeah he he would wear that wouldn't have the buckle like the pilgrims Mm -hmm. but you know close enough Mm -hmm. 
Um, his under layer would have been a shirt, and he was probably wearing slops, which are underwear, um, which is the fancy term. Mm-hmm. Slops. <laughs> I kind of like that. I think that's kind of funny. I'm going to start calling all my underwear slops. <laughs> yes. Do you want to see my slops? <laughs> hey, baby, you want to hey, see my slops? Yeah, take my slops off. <laughs> um, Perfect. He's also almost always depicted wearing a black and gold jerkin over a gray doublet. Uh, the doublet offered padding with leg of mutton sleeves that had black stripes down the arm and lace cuffs. Mm. Uh, and the jerkin had gold embroidered cape sleeves, which are sleeves that start on the shoulder um, and just kind of are the cape of the arm. Exactly. Cape it, of the it, it arm. Doesn't, you know, like it that. doesn't close at the, at the wrist or yeah. at any point in the, the sleeve. It just mm-hmm. is attached to the shoulder. Yeah. Um, very glamorous. Yeah. I feel like also, ca- I think cape like cape sleeves and like cape like c- jackets and coats are coming back into fashion it's amazing yeah recycled fashion welcome to the 21st century y'all thanks to francis bacon yeah <laughs> he's like i wore this that first was styled by francis bacon exactly um uh and these embroidered cape sleeves ha- have little gold wings which are small pieces of fabric that stick out of the kick of the sleeve which is where um the arm meets the shoulder mm-hmm. um yeah shoulder yeah that's right um and the jerkin appears to be made out of velvet Mm. he would wear a ruff around his neck which is you know we all know what a ruff is i Mm -hmm. assume but if you don't know it's a bunch of um with a bunch of pleated uh fabric that was worn around the neck big poofy classic elizabethan look Mm -hmm. um i think of shakespeare and queen elizabeth when i think of a yeah a rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, not seen in this portrait by our friend Porbus, um, <laughs> but he would have been wearing stockings um, and trunk hose, uh, which are, we all know what stockings are, I'm assuming, but trunk hose are the classic little short shorts that Elizabethans <laughs> would wear um, that uh, go out at the bottom and they're, they're stuffed full of bombast, which mm-hmm. is a, a stuffing agent that yes. we talked about in our Elizabeth episode mm-hmm. in, in great detail. Yeah. Um, and he was possibly wearing a cod piece, which is Ooh. a uh, little protective like it's like a cap. I think of it as like it's just like a like a hand, a decorative hand over the male over the, crotch region. Yeah. Well, over the nether le- regions the, for sure. The nether regions of the men. Protected and stylized. Yes. <laughs> well, and it was often used as like like you'd put stuff in it. It's like a Ooh. little pouch. <laughs> he had secrets in there. <laughs> yeah. You never know what's in the copies. Yeah, exactly. Um, he would probably be wearing a heeled shoe as they were invented pretty close to this time. Um, and he did have the stylish haircut at the time <laughs> um, that you can. If you picture William Shakespeare, that is the the haircut and the mm-hmm. beard cut, mm-hmm. um, but shoulder length hair with a little swallowtail beard, which is a, like a goatee with a mustache and then a little pointed beard. Yeah. Sweet bottom. stuff. Yeah. So yeah. he was he was styling. He was a styling man, and also had some styling philosophical choices. <laughs> so transitions exactly after the scandal that happened in parliament and got him removed and kicked out he spent um his remaining five years in st albans in retirement leaving him free to focus on the philosophy of science how nice it was his true passion 
exactly. He was like, finally, I may rest and write. Amazing. He wanted to create a new outline for the sciences with a focus on methods that depended on tangible proof and developing the basis of applied science. Pretty great, right? Like, I mean, I guess it's important, you know, especially as humans, like, I need to see it. Like, he was like, I need to see it, and I'm going to write about it. So he placed emphasis on experimentation and interaction. Uh, so he involved in gathering data, analyzing it, and performing experiments to observe things in a more organized way, much like we do in science classes. Science classes today, um, we do like exactly like yeah, that. exactly like that, where we hypothesize and then test, 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 and then we, um, you know, describe our outcomes and stuff like that. So he wanted to use science to better humankind, which is, you know, going back to Sir Francis Baby, where he's clutching his heart and he wants to give his soul to the world. There he is, Sir Francis Baby, full circle, (laughs) y'all. So Bacon claimed his scientific method would spark a light in nature that would eventually disclose and bring into sight all that is most hidden and secret in the universe. I'm going to say that in a British dialect. Um, eventually disclose and bring into sight all the most hidden and secrets in the universe. (gasps) Very sweet. Beautiful. Yes. Sir Francis Bacon, that was for you, baby. He had attempted to share these ideas with Lord Burley, his uncle, and even the Queen in a letter of advice. She was, again, set in a flame. Remember that letter? (laughs) He was like, hey, I also have this this science idea. And she was like, I don't care. I'm running a government he was waiting for their reply but it was just the blue dots over and (laughs) over and over and he was like one single tear big sad poor 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 bacon baby so finally he established himself as a reputable reputable philosopher of science in 1620 when he published book number one (laughs) there's more (laughs) but wait there's more of novum organum scientarium he liked latin he really liked yeah. Latin. Dude freaking loved yeah. Latin. Oh my god. It's not, I guess it was like just sounded sophisticated. So he believed that a, the scientific method should begin with a table of investigation, move to the table of presence, which was a list of circumstances under which it was being studied, and then a table of absence and proximity used to identify negative occurrences, and the table of comparison that has the observer compare and contrast the severity of the event, which is a more uh, eloquent way of saying, yeah, we tested things and this is what we found. <laughs> like when you do like the tri-board presentation yeah. and you're like, you have to tell your parents, you have to go to Staples, you're like, I have to get a trifle board <laughs> to present my hypothesis <laughs> and my conclusion. Like, is well, that how you down. did that? Yeah, and they were like, I have to spend another $15 buying yeah, you a trifold board and I was like yes it's it's classy and all of my friends are doing it and they're like no you can use a poster and I'm like okay, okay bye so I'd have like the Elmer's glue still drying on the poster <laughs> board and everyone would be like trifold board cut out with my own exacto knife and I was like <laughs> I come from a family of four anywho anyway my life is not important in this this is about Sir Francis Bacon is. Um, so anyway, going back to the scientific method, so after the whole process, the beginning process, that kind of like the hypothesizing, hypothesizing part of the scientific method, the observer then had to complete a survey that would help identify the cause of occurrence. 
um, and he didn't emphasize importance on testing theories and thought observation and analysis were enough. So he didn't, he wasn't quite to our level today because today, you know, in science class, they're like, you have to test everything 20 times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was, uh, that was not the case in his mind. He, mm-hmm. he thought that if I see it, it's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And that was much like the school of thought of the time. And after publishing Novum Organum, he published more works. He was like, I'm not done yet. There's more in this hand (laughs) and this brain. So in 1622, the history of Henry VII for Prince Charles, he also published the Historia Ventorium and the Historia of Vitae et Mortis that same year for Henry VII. No, not for Henry no. VII. Oh, just another... He, those are just his books. Just histories. Yeah. Great. Awesome. And then in 1623, he published De Augmentis Scientarium, a continuation of the view of the scientific reform. And then in 1624, he published a new uh, Atlantis and Apothegms. I'm saying that wrong, but no, that's okay. I think that's right. Yeah. So he published that thing. And then in 1627, his last work... Sylvia Silvarium, which in Latin would be like, oh, oh, yeah. It would be Silva Silvarium, like if you were to do it in Latin. And he published that. um, And all of his writing expressed a desire to change antiquated systems. So he was was being the change that he wished to see in the world. Thanks, Gandhi. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Gandhi didn't say that, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Maybe Sir Francis Bacon. <laughs> so, uh, his last work actually came after his death. It was oh, published right. because um, in March of 1626, he was performing experiments <laughs> with ice and caught a chill, as our article said. <laughs> just, just, a just chill. sounds so British. So, yeah, so Renaissance. He's like, I caught, I caught a chill. And I fell ill. Um, he was trying to find a new way of preserving meat through freezing and had stuffed a hen with snow near Highgate, England. <laughs> I'm hoping that this was a dead hen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, this makes me think of, if you've all seen Arrested Development, that episode where Job has a dead dove in, a, in the freezer where he's like, and it says on the bag, dead dove, do not eat. Like, <laughs> it just immediately made me think of that. And that's for you, Catherine. That's my sister, everyone. If you she has know. to listen now. Yeah, she you has to. Shout out. Yeah. Um, so, while he was getting over his chill, uh, he (laughs) stayed at Lord Arundel's home in London, uh, unfortunately in a very cold and musty guest room. This led to bronchitis. Ugh, Um, rats. Because, you know, they're so good at taking care of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, he died on April 9th, 1626. Ugh, so sad. Yeah. It's 65. Yeah. His theories began having a major effect on the evolution of European science. Um, after his death, British science British scientists in Robert Boyle's circle, which was known as the Invisible College, Ooh. <laughs> spicy, yeah. um, helped to make one of Bacon's dreams come true after he died, uh, and they founded the Royal Society of London for Improving Natural Knowledge in mm. 1662. Nice. Yes. They also, the Royal Society, did utilize the scientific method put forth by Bacon. 
Um, so it, wow, it a also great tribute. That. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and to this day, he's still considered a huge figure in scientific methodology and natural society. Yeah, we still learn about him. Like, I remember my science teachers being like, Sir Francis Bacon, on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, he was credited yeah. with ushering in the new early modern era of human understanding. All right. He's a cool dude. Rock on, Bacon. Yeah. He was sizzling. Sizzling hot. <laughs> you could... <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, just... Yeah. I'm just letting you talk. Okay, great. Um, he... His methods sizzling hot for that time sir francis bacon baby oh yeah he was cooking in the frying pan scoot 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 (laughs) (laughs) scooty doo 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 Mm -hmm. um all right that's it yeah this episode of who (laughs) or what when was researched and written by me maggie latham and you Bella McAllister. Yay. It was edited and produced by Dabney Rao. We were inspired by David Henderson's History of Clothing course at Hofstra University. We sure were. This episode was sponsored by Toys R Us, <laughs> Superfood Town, and Sir Francis Baby. <laughs> yeah, it was, baby. And also, and also, my boy. Your boy? What's his name? I forgot it already. <gasps> oh my god, uh, how did I forget it? How did I forget it? I love him oh, so much. No. Porbus! Porbus! <laughs> We're also sponsored, sponsored by, by Porbus, Porbus the Younger. <laughs> the love of my life. Uh, Porpoise. He had a porpoise. A dog's purpose. A dog's porpoise. <laughs> a dog's porpoise. <laughs> it's a story about him and his dog. Oh, that's Aww, cute. Nice. I hope he had a dog. Maybe. Uh, some of the research for this episode came from biography.com. Did you know that making a podcast costs money? It sure does, but there is a way that you can help. What? By going to patreon.com and searching who, where, what, when, or clicking the link in the description, you can help us break even. Amazing. For $1 per month, you can get access to some of our research materials, and for $5 per month, you can get access to bonus episodes. Additionally, for a one-time donation of $50, I'll make you a custom embroidery. (laughs) Shout out to all of our current patrons. We love you so much, and thank you for making the production of this show possible. Special thanks to David Henderson and everyone who voted on my Instagram poll that they would listen to this podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. Woohoo! Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only, please. And tell your friends to listen. Tell your enemies to listen. Tell your tell your bacon to listen. <laughs> tell that bacon to listen. Yeah. Tell your friends. Tell Kevin Bacon to listen. Yeah. Someone tell Kevin Bacon to listen. Exactly. Tell your Porbus to listen. <laughs> your fellow Porbus friend. My Porbus. <laughs> oh man. A new button idea. Just Porbus. <laughs> My name is Porbus. Yeah, Por- Porby Boy. <laughs> you can visit our website at www.whowarewhatwhenpod.com and check us out on Instagram at whowarewhatwhenpod. Have questions, comments, or concerns? Email us at whowarewhatwhenquestions at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you yeah, have we suggestions were. of who we should do next. Exactly. There's so many people in this world. Yeah. We do so many things. Who has cool, cool clothes? Let's do one on you. You have cool clothes. Yeah, I could talk about my thrift store adventures. I have bad clothes. Okay, now. This we, uh, we should talk about, um, oh, I was going to say someone. Jaden Smith. Smith. Oh, Smith. Smith. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.
That was my harpsichord, my Renaissance harpsichord music. Thank you. I liked it.